let's get after this thing. I was going to go in another direction, but we'll go this way. The Holy Spirit says we're going this way. But I wanted to uh, tell you just a story about something really powerful that happened to me this week. And um, I'm going to keep it short because we want to enjoy the, the baptism service. And I'm going to tell you, this is important. When somebody's bold enough to stand before people and boldly proclaim that now Jesus is not just Lord of, of, of their life, but it's, he's Lord of everything. See, we, we, well, I'm, getting on, I'm, getting off, I'm getting off here a little bit. <laughs> Let's rein this back in. But listen, I had a really... God gave me a clear revelation of something this week, and it was really cool. It was so cool how it how it happened. Uh, I, and it also about two months ago, my kids got me a fishing kayak, and and I love it. I mean, I really do. It gives me a time. I try to go once or twice a week. I, sometimes I'll take it to work with me because I work on the lake, and and I uh, if not, I'll leave a little early to try to go and. And it just gives me time to be on the lake and to be around God's nature and to, to cut the phone off, to leave it, leave it in the truck and just get out there and spend time with Him and seek Him. This is, and He gives me a lot of nuggets when I get out there and do that for my messages. And so last week I, was, I had an idea of what direction I was going in, but I just hadn't, didn't have confirmation of that yet. I was still waiting. And, you know, God, he, he does that to me. Sometimes it's Saturday morning. I'm like, God, come on. You know, I'm like, you know, really? You know, give me something here, you know. But it's, I mean, you know, it's important to obey him. Amen. You know, it's, not, it's not important to just get up here and throw out information. I need to get up here and throw out what the Holy Spirit is inspiring me to give you because that is inspired straight from God Himself. In other words, that's God speaking through me to you. Amen? So, so it's very important that I do that. Amen. And so I get that opportunity when I get out on the lake, get away from work. As a matter of fact, the lake that I go on is it's below Lake Martin, and, and it goes down to Tallahassee, and, and there's not very few homes on it. And it's in between some huge mountains, and it's just a beautiful lake. There's actually no cell service, so I even love that. You know, so when I get out there, I'm out there. And, and, and it's, it, it's, it's very, very, very cool. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little nugget, a little rabbit trail here. How many of you know we serve a good God? How many of you know that God loves you? Oh, that was weak. That was weak. How many of you know God loves you? All right, that's better. Now, I know God loves me. And I'm going to give you a little quick testimony here. And this is tied to the story here. But I just thought about it. But I know God loves me. I, we know he's not a respecter of persons, according to Scripture. But I'm his favorite. That's okay. Right? He, <laughs> you should say that too. But you should know that God, God loves you, right? He is a good God. He's a powerful God. He knows the desires of your heart. He created you with a purpose. He's done all these great things for you. But He loves me. When my kids got me this kayak, you know, uh, you know a paddle doesn't come with a kayak. You have to get, get, a, get a paddle. And I had a paddle with another kayak that I had, but it was a little bit too short for this one. And um, so I needed another paddle. And the one that I had, you know, when you're paddling, you know, it would get water on me and this, that, and other. And any of you that paddle, you understand it needs to be a little longer based on the width of your kayak. And so I could have easily gone to Academy and bought a paddle, 7500 bucks, you know. But guess what? I live a lifestyle of faith. 
I don't just make impulse purchases because impulse purchases bring debt on you. And God knows the beginning from the end, and he knows what I'm going to endure and what I'm going to face. And it's very important that I be led by the Spirit with my purchases and with every move of my life, all right? And so I prayed about it. In other words, I'm believing God now for a paddle. You should always be believing God for something. I don't care if it's a cup of coffee, if it's lunch, if it's a house or whatever it may be. You should be believing God for something. Because when it comes to pass, it allows you to see God moving in your life. And what does that do? That encourages you and that builds your faith. Come on, so that when the storms of life come and hit you, and they're going to come, that you'll be able to withstand them. Right? So I'm believing him for a paddle. And a lot of people say, just go buy a paddle. Come on, really? It's just 7500 bucks. Come on, just go spend the 100 bucks. Some of you heard, this te- heard a testimony similar to this when we needed a microwave. You know, Most people would just go buy a microwave. So anyway, I, 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 I go to God and I'm praying for this. You know, and it's been probably six, seven weeks and I'm still waiting on my paddle. He'll either give me a paddle. I don't care. The man, I mean, he's God. He can do whatever. The paddle will manifest in some way, or he'll give me a clear piece to actually go spend the money. Right? Very, very wise uh, principle there you should do in your spending. And so I'm still praying, and I'm planning, and I still hadn't had anything for, for this week, a, a clear confirmation of the direction I was going to go. So I'm driving, you know, and I miss my turn at the lake. So I have to take a, a road to the right, and Going down this road, I mean, there's nothing. It's just forest. There's nothing back there. It's just acres and acres of forest. So I go down a little way, about a mile, and I find a place to turn around, and I turn around to come back. And as I turn around, laying right there in the grass on the edge of the road is my paddle. It's laying right there. Now, you can rationalize, say, well, it fell off somebody, this, that, and other. No, it's a dead-end street. I don't care. You can do whatever you want because that was, and let me tell you this, that's my paddle. And, and anybody that knows anything about kayaking, there is there's a specific length based on what you needed. I needed one that was 101 centimeters. You know, I needed, I mean, 101 inch. So I knew exactly what I needed. I got out, and when I put my hand on the, the paddle laying right there, God said, I know the desires of your heart. And I just wept. I thought, praise God. He loves me. He not, I was like... Thank you. I just sat there for a minute and I was, I was speechless and I picked it up and it wasn't just a paddle, but it was the perfect length, the right paddle. Amen. He loves me. He knows the desires. He knows the desires of your heart. He's called you to do great and mighty things. He will make the way if you just trust him, believe him and give him opportunities to work in your life by believing him for things. See, we limit God with our thinking so many times. And if you can't believe God for anything, Start with a cup of coffee. Start with a cup of coffee. Start developing your faith. Get the cup of coffee. Believe for lunch. Because listen, let me tell you something. There's nothing that will encourage your life greater than actually seeing God work in your life. Glory to God. Woo! Praise Him. All right, so back to what I'm talking about. I got to get to this, all right? I know, I understand. All right. All right, all right, we're going to get into it. All right, so, so anyway, I'm out there fishing. I'm out, I've got my new paddle. I'm praising. I'm really pumped. Right? And I'm like, okay, God, I've got my paddle. Is this my, is this my sermon? You know? Am I going to be preaching about a paddle? You know? I don't know how that's going to work, but you know, that just ended. So, and I'm, I'm out there, and I'm paddling along, and it's a beautiful, beautiful lake. And I'm out there, and I'm fishing, and there's, there's little islands and stumps and trees and all this around me. It's a it's really big lake, and, and there's, I'm just enjoying it. And I'm just thinking, all right, God, you know. Show me something. And about that time, something came down over my head. 
And it's, it looked like huge. It looked massive. And it came right over my head, and it landed right on a stump about 100 feet away from me. And when I looked at that, I couldn't believe my eyes because it was a bald eagle, right? A ba- I think we have a picture of it. I don't know if we do or not. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's, it's blurry. I don't have all that high-dollar technology like you guys got, but that's all right. That's it. And, and, and he landed right there, and I'm like, praise God. That's not something you see every day, especially in the state of Alabama. And I'm out there with this big eagle, and I'm like, whoa, God, what's happening? And I'm just looking, and I'm like, and he didn't fly away. He's just checking me out. He's just looking. I'm talking about the thing. Was he it looked like he had a wingspan of six or seven feet wide across? It was really big. It was really, and you know, when you see an eagle, you just all all, all of think you always think of power and strength and beauty, right? I mean, it's an amazing thing. It really was. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm fishing. He's fishing. You know, after a few minutes, I'm like, so if he's fishing, obviously the fish are over there, you know, because he can see a little better than me. So anyway, I end up casting over there, and eventually the eagle flies away. But as the eagle flies away, I'm just like, I'm, just bl- I'm still blown away. You know, it's amazing how God shows himself in nature, right? And we just need to learn to open our eyes. We've got to learn to open our eyes. But as he flew away, God told me something. He said, he said I want my children to be eagle Christians. And I was like, whoa, what is that? I was like, okay, God, I need a little more than this. And now we're getting to where I need to be today. And he said, I said, all right. He said, because it, it so clearly rose up in my spirit. He said, whenever an eagle comes on the scene, you automatically think of strength and majesty. He said, that's what I want all the unbelievers to see when my children come up on the scene. I was like, whoa, glory to God. I was like, wow. So I know what we're talking about today. God wants us to be eagle Christians. He wants to be, to be representatives of power, representatives of strength. Not our power, not our strength, but the power and the strength of the greater one that lives on the inside of us, right? The one that we're going to be proclaiming to when we do our baptism here in just a little bit. That is now the Lord of our lives. Glory to God. Woo! I'm going to tell you, that was something. And that's actually what I titled today's message, Being an Eagle Christian. Being an eagle Christian. So I want you to ask yourself, don't answer, right? Are you being an eagle Christian? You know, it lines up with all that I'm always encouraging, that boldness and that confidence that only comes from knowing who you are in Christ. Knowing who you, what belongs to you. Knowing what the promises of His Word say that are yours. And what it says that it, what this world is not yours, right? All based on the promises in His Word. Amen? So... I went home and I started doing some research on eagles and I thought, wow. and I realized, because I've never really done a lot of studying on eagles. Because if we're going to be eagle Christians, we need to know what, what are we looking for? What are we going to learn from this eagle? What can we learn? It's a bird, you know, what can you learn? It lays eggs, you know, I have chickens in my backyard. But it's not, it's, it's not the same by any, 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 not even close. Because when you research an eagle and you understand just how special God created him and just how... I mean, he made just this powerful animal. I mean, huge animal. They're strong enough they can carry, oh, I forget how much more than their body weight in their talons as they're flying and comfortably fly for miles. And they, they, can, they can fly higher than anything. 10,000 feet in the air they can fly. Nothing, no other bird can fly that high. And you know, one cool aspect about 
an eagle that I found out was, and I had no idea about this. You know how a hummingbird can fly right up to a flower and just kind of hover there, not move? An eagle is the only other bird to be as large as it is that can do that. Man, that's, God, listen, that was really cool. It was really, and all of this was making me, uh, it was, it was, it was making me realize and see God through His nature. Because sometimes we overlook our very nature. But, the, I mean, the very nature outside. Those of you that hike a lot, you know what I'm talking about. Now, there are those that, you know, they're very much into the outdoors and they love nature and all, but they take it to an extreme. In other words, they worship the nature. In other words, they, they're, they're worshiping the trees as though it's a living being, as, as though a human, as a, as a human life. Right? And they're, they're a little mistaken. And they're close because God does show himself in his nature. Romans 1.20 says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they've seen it. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal powers, and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Guys, you can see if you just open. Are you looking? What are you looking for? Right? What are you looking for? You're gonna, what, I always tell you guys... You're going to receive whatever it is you're expecting. You're going to see whatever it is you're expecting. What are you looking for, right? But I'm going to tell you, an eagle was powerful. It's an amazing God. And, and I love the fact that when you study an eagle, you study the history. I mean, so many great empires have used the eagle to represent strength. I mean, the early, early Romans, the Egyptians, and the Greeks have all used the eagle because, you know, because of its, its power and its strong, right? And, and my favorite, of course, is the eagle that is used as the national symbol for this United States of America right here, right? Come on, that's, that's my favorite right there. And those military guys out there know exactly what I'm talking about because when the eagle comes on the scene, things change. It represents power. It represents strength. I remember when we first started working in Ukraine, we went in there and they had a... Uh, they had a museum that was there left over from, from the communistic times because they used to be communists, Soviet communists. And they had, we went in that museum and they thought it was a real treat to take us to this museum. And we walk in this museum and they don't know. And we walk in this museum and there is a, a, br- a bronze statue, probably as wide as both of these rows of chairs. And it's an eagle laying on the ground with its wings being broken like that. And it has the German swastika, a big one on its back. Like it crushed the eagle. Which, I mean, you know, we know that didn't happen. This was left over from the war. For some of the propaganda that they were creating when, when the Germans were doing what they were doing over there, right? But when I walked in and I saw that and I was like, woo! And that was when we had that couple with us and he was an airport an Air Force major or something that was with us. And when he saw that, he was like, that's not, that's not, that's not making me warm and fuzzy to see that, right? But when it, the whole point is, is when the eagle comes on the scene, when we see that eagle, that's why the other nations of our world, they, 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 they like America because we're, strength, we're strong, we're powerful, right? And we, how, many country, how many countries around this world have we rescued, right? Amen. Glory to God. So, if we're going to learn to be an eagle Christian, we've got to first see what we can learn. All right? And there are so many, there's no way I can get to them. So I'm just going to touch on a couple of them for the sake of time. But as I was researching, the first great thing that I learned about the trait or characteristic of an eagle is that, that eagles, when they look for a mate, but when they find that mate, they mate for life. All right? 
So that's the first big principle right there, that we as people, we should, we should, we should be able to learn from that, right? And I'm going to be talking about building your spiritual lives here. I'm not talking about necessarily your natural lives here. But we should be able to learn from that. And that means that when the, there's not no player eagles out there, right? They're not playing the field. They found one mate that's their mate. They're going to stick with that mate no matter how hard they got to work, no matter what happens, no matter what comes in this lifetime. That's their mate until Jesus comes back and this world is done, right? This time frame is done right here, right? So that's the first one. That's the first big thing that we're saying. That's for a sermon the whole other day. But the one that I want to get to, and I'll close, I'll, I'll, I'll finish up with this one, but the one I want to get to is after they find their mate, it's time to have babies, right? So if they're going to have babies, what do they got to have? Nest. Nest. They got to have a home. They have to have a home. They have to have a nest. And when you study an eagle's nest, it's, it's really cool. It's so cool because an eagle, as big as it is, and you got the, the father, the mother, and an eagle typically lays two eggs, so that nest has got to be able to hold four of them really large. So they make a big nest. And that, that's, 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 that's significant, right? But they make it, and that, they, they, when they make their nest, they start with not just sticks. You know, we think of a bird nest, you think about the little one in the dogwood tree in the front yard with the leaves and the pine straw and all that. No. Mm-mm. They said that some of these eagles' nests that they found, they estimate weigh over 2,000 pounds. That's big. That's a big man. Homie built a house. I mean, he built, you know, they come and they get these sticks and the large sticks in them. But then what, what eagles do is they go as high as they can, high as they can. They, and they're trying to get into the cliffs up in the, up in the mountains, way up. They want to have the vantage point to be able to see. But what they're looking for is they're looking for a cleft or a split in a rock. And a large one because they're building a house. They're building a big one. And then that's where they start. They put, that's where they start building their nest. They start with the big sticks. I mean some big ones. And then they come in with some, the smaller sticks. And then it's so cool. Then they start putting the, the leaves and the pine straw. And then when they start doing that, they start pulling their down feathers off and, and putting them on the ends. They're doing all of this. To build the best house, they're trying to make it nice and soft for their babies. To build, what they're doing is they're building the best house that they can possible for their children. Yeah, that's another one that we should be learning from right there. But I'm not going to talk about that one today. But but they but the, what the whole point is they're they're putting all they're building all they're building this massive massive nest right for their family. Now it's important to note where they built it. Way up high. Right? Way up high in the mountains, and they build it on the rock. Right? Now, this is where we're going with this. They built it on those, they went up there on that stone, on that rock, and they built a massive 2,000 pound nest right there. And it's interesting, they built it up there in the wind, up there in the middle of the storm. How many of you know if you're going to avoid a storm, you go low, you don't go high? But guess what? The eagle's not afraid. There's no fear in an eagle. He built his house up high in the middle of the storms with no fear. And he built it large enough and he built it solid enough because it's grounded on the rock that he knows that he's secure. He knows that he's safe. He knows that it's not going to move. And he's, there's, there's no fear. Nothing's going to move him because he knows his foundation is correct. He built it on the rock. 
Matthew 7, 24 says, anyone who, Jesus says this, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. So Jesus tells us, to, it's, if you're going to build, we're talking about building your spiritual house now. Where's your spiritual house built? Where is it grounded? I know construction very well, built many houses. I can tell you that anything that you build is only as good as the foundation that you build it on. We had a customer up at the lake. They had an older home, but it was huge. This, bed, this thing had like nine bedrooms, seven baths, probably a little over a $2 million property. Beautiful lot. I mean, a waterfall down on the front, this, that, and the other. And, they, and they, they were having some problems with some of the massive beams, the cedar beams in it were cracking and this, that, and the other. And long story short, we brought in an inspector out of, uh, an engineer out of uh, uh, Montgomery to, to check it out for them. And we got under there, and I went under there with the engineer. In the whole lake side of the house, there was no foundation. It was just blocks on top of gravel. That was it. That was it. So now this two, probably two and a half million dollar house now, as a matter of fact, when we got under there, the en- I turned around when we saw it and we got pictures of it. And I turned around and I'm talking and the engineer's going this way. I'm like, hey, where are you going? He's like, I'm out of here. He said, this thing's coming down. He said, I'm not staying under here. But, and, and, but the sad thing is, is they ended up having to, they couldn't afford to fix it, right? But so they ended up having to sell the house as a teardown. Massive, beautiful house. It wasn't safe to inhabit. It wasn't safe to use. And they ended up having to sell it. They still got $800,000 for the house as a teardown and a lot, which is a lot, but the house was worth about $2.3 million. Listen, whatever you build is only as good as your foundation. You better make sure it's right. You better make sure it's grounded on the rock. When you're building your spiritual house, where are you going to build it? You need to make sure that it's grounded on the rock of God's Word. 1 Corinthians 10, 14 says, All of them drank from the same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. If you're going to fulfill what God's called you to do, let me tell you something. You better have a good foundation. You better be grounded in, in your word. And let me tell you something right now. There's a lot of storms blowing all over this world. A lot of things coming against the church. A lot of things coming against people. Remember, why? Because the, the devil is trying to, 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 to deceive, to divide, to destroy. Remember, that's his plan. He wants to take us out. And he's throwing everything against us right now. And you better know what you know and why you believe it because you're going to be challenged and we're being challenged today. Glory to God. But if, you are, if your foundation is ground into the solid rock of Jesus and His Word, knowing His Word, then you can be and live secure, not yielding to fear. Because let me tell you, fear is going to come when they start talking about wars and rumors of wars. And they're going to be talking about that because we're in the last days, right? That doesn't make us cower. That doesn't make us scared. Because guess what? God called us for the last days. He called us for this time because we have what it takes to make it through. Right? That's what you rest in. You rest in that fact. And that gives you security. Glory to God. And we got to be like the eagle. He built his nest right up there in the middle of the storm. Right in the middle of the winds. Not, he wasn't afraid because his house was grounded into the rock. He knew it wasn't going to move. That's what we've got to do. That's how we've got to be. Glory to God. And that, so you can have that security. Amen. So where's your, in your spiritual house, are you, are you ground all the way in to the rock of Jesus' Word? 
Oh, and, and you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful because there's a lot, of, a lot of people still building that house. And you'll be building that house till Jesus comes back. But, and and, and they, maybe they're getting started, but there's, there's voices in this world that's trying to separate you from what you're trying to build and trying to pull you over here. Hey, maybe you need to build it this way. Maybe you need to build. Are you, are, you, are you drifting a little bit from your foundation that you're building? Are you trying to get over here back into the ways of the world? Come on. Are you, listen, Keith did an amazing job a few Sunday nights with the youth. He did an amazing message on talking about the voices in this world and, 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 and how it can separate you from God. Which ones are you listening to? Come on, he's always trying to deceive. He has deceived many great people. And you've got to be on guard and be ready to stand against. And listen, we don't have to fight him. All we have to do is what Scripture says. Resist the devil and he will flee. Are you resisting him? Right? Amen. Glory to God. You've got to make sure that you're grounded. Make sure that you're grounded. Now I'm going to go ahead and ask Mr. Lourdes and Tim there. You guys can dismiss and go ahead and get ready for this as I, as I close this out, right? But are you grounded in the rock? Are you grounded in God's Word, right? And not just knowing the Word by memorizing the Word. You have to have, that's just information. And if that's all you can do, then get the information. But see, you, need, you don't need information. You need the Holy Spirit to come in and give you revelation of what you're reading. Revelation of the information you're taking in. Come on, let me tell you something. When you learn to yield to the Holy Spirit and allow them... And I always, before I study, I always go to God and I, I tell the Holy Spirit... Give me revelation. Show me what I'm not seeing. Show me what I need to see. And He always does. And He always will. You should always do that before you take the time to read your Word. And I'm going to tell you something. You can read the same Scripture a hundred times and He'll show you different things. Different things. Different things. See, you're not after just memorizing the words. You're after revelation of what you're reading. Right? And that comes through your relationship with God and your relationship of yielding to the Holy Spirit in your life. And that's very important. Right? All of that comes with grounding yourself into the, into the rock, into that solid foundation. And I'm going to tell you, right now the world's trying to take us all off of our feet, trying to take us out. Trying to, so there's, there's lives being lost, people struggling, people dying, people this, and hurt and pain and suffering. And all of, all of, this, is, all of this comes from this broken world. Not every bit of it is from the enemy, but most of it is. But the, this is coming from this broken world and the enemy, right? It doesn't matter. The point is, is we need to be able to stand against it. Stand, because, let me tell you something, God wouldn't create something and not, intis- not expect his will to be done. Because you know his will is going to be done. Right? And if he's called you to do something, now you don't have to do it. He gave us free will to choose. Right? But he's called you to do something. Now if you don't do it, then he's moving on. His will is still going to get done. Somebody's going to do it. Right? But you got to, it's up to you to make that choice. Right? Lord to God. Amen. Now, you know, uh, but when I was putting this when I was putting this together, God reminded me of the story of the three pigs. How many of you know that story, the three pigs? I bet Miriam knows this word for word. But the three pigs, there was, of course, three pigs. Two of them were extremely lazy, right? And there's a lot to be learned from this story, you know. But they were, going to, they were building a house, right? And so the first, the first pig, you know, they didn't want to work. They're lazy, kind of like, well, I don't want to talk about that. But they were really lazy, 
They didn't, and so the first pig builds the house of straw. And, and then the next pig, you know, he had a little bit more ambition than the other pigs. Well, he, of course, he builds his house out of sticks. But the third pig knew the importance of having a solid house and a solid foundation, right? So he built his house out of, out of bricks, right? In other words, he, it took him a little longer because you can build a straw house or a stick house a lot quicker than you can a brick house, but it didn't matter. But then the little devil came in on the scene. We'll call him Satan himself, right? Because he came, to, he came to destroy them. He came to eat them. And he comes in and he says, let me in, let me in. Little piggy, not by the hair of my chinny, chin, chin. And then, uh, the, uh, uh, of course, the, the wolf blows down the first house. Now, they better be glad that, one, that third pig knew what he was doing. Because, of course, he runs to the second one and then the wolf goes over there, blows down the house of sticks. Right now, these two pigs are running out the back door. They're headed. They make it to the brick house. And, of course, now the wolf cannot blow the brick house down. Why? Because it's solid. It's brick. That's right, Nathan. That's right. It's solid. It's built on a foundation. No matter what the devil throws at it, no matter what he blows, no matter how hard he blows, no matter how hard he screams, no matter what he does, because of his foundation, because of the way it's built, it will not crumble. And, guys, that's exactly the way we need to be in our life. Amen. Exactly how we need to be in our lives. Let's see.